Hey. Hey. Welcome to the show. It is, gosh, I don't even know what day it is. What is it? A Wednesday morning? Wednesday. It is a good time here in Magic 89.9 if you're listening to us on the radio. Hello. 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 Hi. You're on Facebook? Hi. Hi. Less enthused for the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're on Zoom, of course, but we got a good guest coming up today. He's running for the Senate. His name is Shell. Shell. And uh, they believe in Shell, life after love. C H. What would you say? What you say? Is it's a hard ch? Chell, yeah. Chell on the show today. I I I, I hear people say shell, and I think maybe the shells do it because <laughs> they. I don't know. He's he's really mabenta to that audience as well. So maybe they like uh, you know pronouncing it that way. Um, but yeah, we should learn a little bit about a little bit more about him. I I know that at least with our demographic, he's rather popular. Mm-hmm. And um, what was he able to get when he ran the first time? Like six million votes, give or take, right? Was I am not sure about your numbers. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, in that range, I believe is what he got. And, you know, we, we can kind of attribute a lot of that with the young people, the, you know, like the college educated uh kind of yuppie and, and teenagers who really like that kind of persona. But, um, Unfortunately, he didn't. He, he didn't make it. This time, he has plans of running for the Senate again. I say plans because nothing is confirmed right till next week. Mm-hmm. Is that how that until is? He, until October one, yeah, I think. Oh, he was twenty first in twenty nineteen. Yeah, but pay your numbers are pretty right. That's six million, six million mm-hmm. three hundred thousand. Oh, but, okay. Well, yeah, give or take six M. Um, and let's see. I mean, let, let's see if he's going to try to bump those numbers up so he can get elected this time. But you know, we'll talk to him. We'll find a little bit more about him. We are going to have uh, Chell on the show in about fifteen minutes. So now's a really good time if you want to jump on our social media, our Facebook, with your questions that you might want to ask him. Again, Susie, you know this like the, the political segment that we didn't get a chance to do through the years, but something that mm-hmm. I cooked up only recently. Unfortunately, in because of, of COVID, we. Did it maybe once or twice was uh what was the what was the name of the segment again it was are you is satisfied that after, yeah. is that after good enough yeah. for me oh but again yeah yeah, yeah we're, yeah. we're in and, and i don't know how we can do it in this online format maybe we can't but we might as well try at least and <laughs> i always feel like politicians or aspiring politicians people who are running for seats they have a really kind of natural ability to weasel their way out of a question mm-hmm. By taking your question and then either deflecting, turning it to something else, yeah, into something else, and turning it to something else, um, especially like career politicians, no? Yes, yes, and they've got they've got the the the, the cadence, that twang, the, 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 the Scott twang, yeah, the Scott twang. I mean, <laughs> the ethnum ethnum twang. <laughs> <laughs> they've got that, and and it it always kind of makes me irate. And sometimes as hosts of shows. And I've been on this, you know, I've been on on this and guilty of this as well. We just go, okay, yeah, sure. Because mm-hmm. we have an, only a, a short amount of time and you want to be kind of nice to your guests, no matter who they are or what they stand for. Again, we talked about this kind of exhaustively with, 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 with the whole uh, Tony BBM situation. But you know what's great about you guys as listeners? You're more or less anonymous. So mm-hmm. you kind of have a little bit more, you know how the whole keyboard warrior effect True. on social media, you guys mm-hmm. have that going for you. Your Twitter eggs. Yes, basically. you can you can call <laughs> out a politician and say, nope, sir, sir, sorry, ma'am, ma'am, that's not nope. my quit. Yeah. Stop dancing around it. And then you 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 kind of probe and answer until you're satisfied. That 
was the segment on the show. That's I don't a really know good segment. we're going to be able to do this, but let's try. Let's try in our own little way to, to ask questions to any of the politicians that will come up on the show between now and the election and ask them questions. And we will not stop. We will not stop Ooh. until we're satisfied with the question. Was it uh, no, JV that did this for you, JV Harrison? JV did this. I believe maybe Sonny did this as well. And, and kind of again, through the years, we've had presidential candidates here, we have senatorial candidates here. We've never had the segment, though, as defined. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've always pressed as host of the show, but we also do have limits where, you know, you don't want to scare off somebody. It is weird, right? Because even Unless sometimes I know that you're a Pialago. bad person. I don't know. <laughs> Unless it's Celine Pialago. <laughs> <laughs> but even <laughs> on the show, we were nice. We were nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Super. We were nice. Super. And we were still the last okay. th- five minutes. <laughs> but right, but how we you asked was still nice. Is, is, is the yeah, show on no, uploaded anywhere? I'm well, sure. I'm sure. It's good. probably on Spotify. But the point I'll is, like, it. you can still mm-hmm. be assertive without being overly offensive. Yeah. Yeah. You can. It's a very fine line. And if you're not really good at it, you can mm. easily cross said line. Mo um, is so good at that. Yeah, but I'm also so, I'm so good Sounding at polite, but saying but really something not. really. But <laughs> I know, backhanded compliment yung buong five minutes. But <laughs> how he balances his tone and what mm-hmm. he's saying... Almost like that girl who just threw that compliment did not walk out on me yesterday. <laughs> almost, no? Parang hindi mo get. Is that a bigger girl who did that? Um, but, but yeah, listen, from what I get, and I've never met Chell, from what I get, he seems to be a really great guy. Mm-hmm. And when they're really good people and they're good humans, you win me over immediately already. Yeah. It's kind of love at first sight when you're a good human being. And if you're honest and if you're genuine and if you don't have that con man, politician way of talking, you win me over. And yeah. then my biases start kicking in, right? And that doesn't make me the best host because I shouldn't, but I'm just a human being. Like, if you're a good human, man, I am. Like, you you, you, you got me on your side. So, let's see if he's a good human. I've heard he's good. <sighs> I'm excited. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's, he's also the dean of, ano ngayon, eh, of LaSalle Law. He's the founding dean of, one of the founding deans of LaSalle Law. Yeah. So, he's shaping the future lawyer. So, I'm very, very excited for the show today. Ooh, okay. look at you, Dara. Our future lawyer. Uh, I, I, I see. I see you're very excited. You put on that hideous shirt. <laughs> hey, this is giving you Coco. This is giving you, ay, 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 ay. It's giving you excitement. Passion. Red. No? It looks like that video game Pac-Man. Because <laughs> of the dots? Because <laughs> of the dots, no? Is that, is, that a, is that the cherry blossoms? No, it's rose. I, I think, yeah, it's blossom cherry Yeah, it blossom. looks like, or Bougainvillea, one of the two. Santan, yeah. I Santan. just hanging on a... <laughs> Hanging on a branch. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of the show. We want to get these kind of ads out of the way. So maybe we can get an hour of in- uninterrupted uh, conversation with Chell. Or maybe if we do, we'll just take a minimal break. Like just kind of give the guy a breather. And then uh, it should be, though, basically or predominantly uh, uninterrupted, which is really, really good for us. So we'll take a break right now. We're going to come back. We have more of the show. You're listening to Times here Magic 89.9. Don't go away. Back after this. Welcome back to the show. It's 8 o'clock, almost on the dot here on this uh, Wednesday morning. Um, we have... Well, I couldn't say we've been plugging it all week, but we definitely plugged it on our social media last mm-hmm. night, right? 
and we're pretty pretty excited to have well you know I, we, we can't really say one of our faves right we can't really kind of just we, can't, get but we can't say that we can't say yeah. that he's our favorite we can't say that he loves him we, we're not allowed okay He's welcome on the show. Hi, Chell. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Hi. Good morning, everyone. And thank you so much for having me. You know, Chell, I'll be honest. You know, having you on the show is is a big highlight for us. Um, You know, we've had future leaders. We had leaders on the show from from presidential candidates to senators, sitting senators and senatorial candidates and and all that. And uh, you're, you're one of my kind of more anticipated one uh when we i put it on social media yesterday that you were going to be here and just the response the excitement to have you was was i would rather say overwhelming you know and i think it just kind of testament that people are excited about the what you have planned uh for for the country in in terms of you know trying to be uh a national at a national position um i was a little nervous I'll, I'll again i'll be honest because i thought maybe dora might turn you off a little bit but then when you guys got together on video you apparently know each other and i felt so much better about this so i'm glad that you guys are familiar dora yeah no because we had no no a little quarantine university uh, last year no ateni and it was the first time together. And you know, um, Ateni Chal is one of the reasons why I went into law school. And I was just about to ask. Yeah, no time though, you weren't a law student yet. I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't. And Are I was you like, scared? you know what? When you when you see Dora as as perhaps a future uh, lawyer in in our country, does that terrify you? No, I'm looking forward to it. I'd like to hear your experiences, Dora, in, in first year. Oh my God, naho, attorney, para akong iiyak every after class. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's crazy challenging, but I'm really enjoying. I'm learning so much. And parang it gives, parang even in first sem, first year, parang it gives you a lot of perspective on why everything is happening. You're reading the past cases, mga ganyan. It's very exciting. So It also yeah. is, it seems to be very stressful uh, as we see Dora kind of saying how difficult it is and lack of sleep and all mm-hmm. of that. Uh, Chela, I guess my first question I want to ask you is really for, for the demographic that listens to our show, uh, maybe Dora's age bracket that, that you know may aspire to be a lawyer. I think a lot of us have always kind of wanted at one point in our life to, to go to law school. Why should a young person become a lawyer in the Philippines, you think, Kel? Well, there are so many reasons. You know, recently I put up a free legal help desk on Facebook and I was overwhelmed with the questions. We've gotten like 13,000 questions over nice. four or five months. And it just goes to show that uh, ordinary Filipinos don't have access to low-cost or free legal guidance. The questions are very simple, ordinary issues that we all face. You know, issues about property, succession, birth certificate, corrections, and spelling, and, and all of these things. And yet, for these simple matters, they cannot get help from lawyers. It's ironic because, you know, we have the most number of law schools, I think, in the world. We have over 100 law schools. Oh, wow. wow. Really? And yet, uh, it's really uh, a bit unfair that uh, ordinary people can't get that kind of help from lawyers. By the way, Dora, meron ako mga share sa iyo Mamaya siguro, one of these days, about how to deal with stress in law school. I will appreciate that. Uh, Approaching mentors, that would be perfect. Chel, we don't need it one of these days. We need it like now. now. <laughs> Midterm starts tomorrow, <laughs> ba? <Right. laughs> um, what? Have 
you ever been happy? Because when I when I hear the justice system and I when I've been a part of it in a case or in trying to get things done right or such, you know, filing a case against somebody, it always has been kind of a really ugly, depressing experience, Chell. Uh, and it, it makes me lose faith in our system. And I think we're known for corruption, right? Kind of globally in, in a certain extent. Like, have you ever in your, in all your years involved in the Philippine justice system, have you ever been happy with our system? Was there ever a year, Jelly, we're like, you know what, our justice system is actually working just the way I want it. Or have you never even experienced or tasted it? Well, let me put it this way. First of all, there are many people who don't have confidence in the justice system. And even lawyers like me sometimes get that feeling. But there are some really good people in the judiciary. It's just that um, as a system, it doesn't work very well. So I, I feel so happy when I, I come across a judge who's really decent, hardworking, who knows how to handle the case and to, to decide it. But uh, it's not that often that we have that kind of a judge. And that that's really what I think is the problem. We, we need to really clean up and make sure that our judiciary is, has the best and the brightest. Because we have so many brilliant lawyers. Yun lang, uh, many of them choose to remain in private practice than to go into the judiciary. Now, we know you, Shell, uh, as one of the more um, the kind of visible faces when it comes to human rights, right? And the Philippines is really, I guess, globally in a bad light when it comes to human rights violations. Um, what do you think the status is right now as we're wrapping, getting close to wrap up 2021? Where are we in our, I guess, the way, how do I phrase this? Where are we in terms of human rights? Like, are we getting better? Are we as abysmal, yeah, as, abysmal mm-hmm. as we were maybe in the heart of the drug war or the war on drugs? Are we improving as again, as we get closer to wrapping up this year? Definitely, we haven't moved forward, you know, and that really bothers me because human rights is just all about our lives and our, our dignity as, as human beings. That's really what human rights means. Yeah. But it, it, it makes me, I, I get really concerned when you know, there are statements made, especially from some people in power, who really demean the human rights, the concept, and the people who defend human rights. Sayang, um, because it's really, you know, Powerful people don't need human rights. The people who need human rights are ordinary Filipinos, those who don't have a voice, those who tend to get abused by big people. And that's really the the purpose of why we exist as human rights defenders. It's kind of a shame. You know, sometimes I come across, I I host a podcast show where people call the show and they tell me their problems. And sometimes I'll get calls, especially recently, where they've been victims of pretty heinous crimes. And going to the police is terrifying for them. And when they ask me, and I'm not a lawyer, and I'm not a, I'm not a psychologist, I'm, and I'm none of those things. I'm just an ear. But when I hear them say, I'm scared to go to the police, I go, yeah, and I wouldn't go to them either. 
because I'm terrified of them. And I, I think historically growing up in the Philippines, we've always been scared of the military. Like if the military comes to your house, it's you're you're you know, it's it's scary. I'm scared. I'm more scared now of the police than I am of the military. And I'm scared of both. Okay, I'm scared of everybody. Um it's kinda it's a it's a bit of a shame. And to see some of the death toll numbers these past, you know, almost six years now, when these are our countrymen that have been murdered for a war that, you know, I, I really kind of think is overblown. Um, do you have been to have as a humans, human rights advocate the death toll of how many Filipinos, how many of your countrymen, child of our countrymen, of our brothers and sisters, how many have been killed in the past nearly six years? You know, there's no exact number, but there there is a Supreme Court resolution that was that recognized, quoting from an Office of the President report, that from July of 2016 up to November of 2017, so that's only a year and a little over yeah. a year, right. there were 20,322 people killed in the war on drugs. So. From 2017 up to now, the figures are are kind of fuzzy, but definitely uh, it's at least 20,000 plus. Probably by now it's easily 25,000 or more. Oh, it's got to be more than that. Then, if that were the case, because it's quite some years, right? Do you ever get you ever get scared for your life, um, being as outspoken as you are regarding, say, the war on drugs and some of the violations that we hear regarding? Uh, well, what the government, what the police, what, what the military do to our own countrymen? You know, I've been a human rights lawyer ever since I passed the bar. So it's been more than 30 years. And I've had my share of death threats and surveillance <laughs> and monitoring and threatening phone calls and all that. And after a while, you kind of get used to it. I, I I just take the usual precautions. But, you know, there are situations where I really feel I have to say something. Because it's I, you know it nakabahala talaga and i can't allow our country to be like this especially I, when my kids and young people i know so many young people ayoko naman na ganito lang yung buhay nila is this the fuel for for running uh for for senatorial uh, your senatorial seat here is is that the fuel behind um your interest in that Yes, uh, that that's a large part of it, I suppose, because I've been fighting inside the courtroom for so long, and I realized that it's not enough. Um, if you really want to change systems in our country, you have to have political power. Balang choice. Eh? So, so Richard, you're you're running again this 2022. Uh, I, I just want to know. It's been a question running through my head. You're running as independent to this this coming elections, right, Tatani Yes, yes. yes. So, uh, kind of a hot question though. But do you think that in the last election, did you see um, na it was one of the reasons why you weren't able to get a senatorial seat because you were with the Liberal Party? That's why you're um, running independent now, or because also Samira Gutok announced that she isn't also running with the Liberal Party. Do you think that it was a factor before that you were part of the Liberal Party? That's why you weren't able to get a, a, a senatorial seat. Hindi naman. I think it was really the whole situation. Because 2019 was a midterm election. And we had such a hard time, for example, uh, meeting even with mayors and, and local government officials. Because they were aware that uh, the administration would remain in power for another three years. Uh, we cannot blame them. and They know madali silang paginitan. So, minsan, we would go to a place and they would be nowhere to be found. <laughs> 
Um, and that really uh, was a big obstacle on the ground. But the other issue, I think, there was the fact that, you know, when I ran in 2019, I had no track record at all in, in any kind of political campaign. And the issue, if I had run on my own, I probably, I might have been at least declared a no-sense candidate. Kasi walang pera, walang So if I really wanted to pursue that, I, I really had to find a way that I could avoid it. You know, we, we, we've again had people who have vied for a senatorial seat on the show and they've always kind of, whether it be off air or on air, gave us the numbers. And now that you're an independent, I mean, to, to not have a political party machinery behind you, maybe the funding is going to be a little thin here. But how expensive is it? to run for a seat like this? Is it in the hundreds of millions, which is what, again, I've been told from other senators before? <laughs> yes, uh, actually, even in terms of Comelec rules, it's three pesos per voter. So if you have 60 million voters, that's already 180 million. Oh my God. I, wow. I've heard so many stories of, of candidates spending even more than that. Um, you know, t- television ads alone in 2019 for one spot, half a minute or a minute would cost already half a million, and and that really eats up in your in your you know your your money. You, you, and that to me is, makes it unfair. We have to have a more level playing field. Mm-hmm. Uh, we used to have a law before that provided that the candidates weren't the ones who spent for their time. Para may pagka-subsidize ng government and the networks had to provide it. I wish we could revisit that and, and go back to something like that so that the candidates like me who don't have that kind of a war chest will have a level, uh, a fair chance to come out on TV. Wait, but you, correct me if I'm wrong, but would you even run if you weren't even close to those kind of numbers that you know you can spend on this campaign? Because, I mean, you have announced your intention, right? And... Let's say 180 million is the going rate, but I think that's nowhere near realistic because, again, some of the numbers we've heard were at least 250, 300 upwards, uh, uh, 100 million to to run. You must be close to that, right? To say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot because obviously you want to win. I wish I could say that, but the the landscape even for me has changed a lot since 2019. Uh, I'm very happy to report, for instance, that we have over 11,000 volunteers already um, signed up for my campaign. I I can now say that I have a ground network that I didn't have at all in 2019. You know, people I can will support me in different parts of the country. And in terms of the online social media platforms, I think I can play with the big boys there. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's big. He's a TikTok, TikTok. star. Yes, <laughs> that, that's that's absolutely uh, true. But anyway, sorry, we cut you off, sir. Go ahead. Okay. The, the real issue will come around the last few months before the elections, when television ads are going to be really big, and we'll have to see what will happen then. Why do you think you appeal so much to? say the younger audience the educated audience the ones who people label as woke you seem to be you seem to be one of their kind of uh, uh favorites no chell why do you think you appeal so much to this to this group you know i in the beginning i really 
couldn't figure it out myself. When I first heard the term Mokrodo, I had to ask my daughter. I said, Ines, what does this mean? And she explained it to me. You know, it, it, it really, it, it felt good. It was very heartwarming. But over the years, because I haven't stopped engaging with, with young people since 2019. And I think part of it is the fact that I have progressive views. I am not afraid to speak the truth to power. And I believe in them. You know, I, 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 I've seen a lot of young people who know, who are wise. Who, you're not, you're never, I keep saying this to them, you're never too young to be wise, to know what's right, to, to lead our country and, and to speak the truth to power. And I think they, they, they like that because there are others of my generation hindi talaga nakikinig sa kanila. Yeah. You, you brought up, sir, your, oh, sorry, Mo, your, your no, progressive no, no, no. views. And this is also something that we, we've been discussing on the show. Uh, we're a very conservative country. Do you think that your, your stand on divorce, on same-sex, same-sex marriage, yeah. mm-hmm. do you think that um, kind of hurts you sa mga medyo mas maidad na voters? Because obviously, young people love that about you. Well, you know, we're, our, we're such a young country. Our median age now is something like 24 years old. And our voting population is getting younger and younger. Uh, by next year, the estimate of those who could vote who are between the age of 18 to 39 is something like 40 million. Not all of them, of course, are registered, but that's the base number of, of young people who could vote. And that, to me, is um, makes a difference. Now, in terms of my, my stance, for example, on, on um, divorce and same-sex marriage, it's, to me, it, it's about time that we open our, our, our minds and our hearts to certain realities. Uh, and, you know, when I say, for example, that I, I'm open to these issues, it's because I see what's happening around me. And I think it's time that we realize that we have to give them a way out. I mean, um, in terms of, for example, marriages that are impossible, either we expand the grounds for annulment or we do what Congress is doing now, which is proposing um, a divorce bill. Ayan. Now, does that mean at some point in your say maybe in your 20s in your 30s in your 40s that you were not for these things and you've changed your mind when you say it's about time or we, we realized you know things like that is it mean that you also had a turning point regarding your stand on some of these issues well I, i'm very lucky in the sense that i have very progressive and open-minded parents my my folks were always open to to things and especially to progressive ideas so it's, I think all of us in the family, all the, all the children got that from, from our parents. Now, I know you said something earlier that I kind of want to jump uh, back to here real quick. That when we asked you about, uh, <coughs> so when you said, that, you know, being in a midterm, mid-election, um, sorry, midterm election when you first ran for the Senate. And we're seeing a lot of kind of powerful uh, backers of the president all of a sudden now turn their backs on him, right? One-time supporters now kind of being against, whether it be Lacson, Soto, Pacquiao, uh, Pimentel, Isco himself, right? These are all people kind of just turning their backs. Is that all show? Is, is that all kind of, <laughs> sorry for the word, BS in that mm-hmm. sense where these guys are all just in it for themselves? Because I think we know, right? But I, I guess I would like 
the smartest person among the group to say something <laughs> regarding this. When you, I'm, I'm the, when you I'm see the, this charade of just, okay, yeah, we like him, we like him, we like him. He's no longer going to be the president. We don't like him, we don't like him, we don't like him. Like, there's no consistency. Like, how do you feel about that when some of these heavy, the big boys, the heavy hitters are, are now turning their backs on the president? Well, if you look at our political history, it's, that phenomenon has been there for a long time. When you have a six-year term for a president, tendency of the um, politicians is to count out to that president for the first couple of years, but when they know the term is going to end and he can't get re-elected, then they, yeah. they say, okay, but in the time of, of Um Of course, that that uh, may reflect on their on how they stand and on their principles, and it's really up to the voting public to to decide whether they want to support those kinds of candidates. In 30, sorry, go ahead. Okay, well, here's here's a question I ask a lot of, especially senators, right? Because it's a group of people that's very diverse usually, right? You're going to have your set of lawyers. You're going to have a, your set of basketball players or artistas and, <laughs> or athletes. And you're going to have, you just kind of, you're going to have your uh, presidential sidekicks there. It, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty diverse group usually, right? Year in and year out. And then when you sit there, child, if you win, you're going to be rubbing elbows with just outright criminals, people who, if not single-handedly, help in a small group collectively to keep this country poor, to keep this country third world, to kill its own people. You're going to be rubbing elbows with these people. And these guys that contribute, these men and women who contribute to destroying our families, purposely keeping our country down. Like, how do you, like, how can you do that? Because me, it would be fist fights. Yeah, and I'm not even that. <laughs> but I just, can't fathom, yeah, I just can't fathom sitting down and shaking the hand of a person who I know in my heart is purposely destroying my country. You're going to be there with them. How do you, how do you, like, you ever think about that? <laughs> and, and how it plays in your head? Yeah, it's going to be quite a challenge. But I think I'm equipped for it because as a lawyer, you rub elbows with a lot of people like that, and sometimes you even have to work with them. Uh, sometimes you, uh, you know, you go to court, you appear before judges and other lawyers. There are, as a dean, I was asked to also sit with a lot of members of the judiciary to to work on rules and, and stuff like that. So you you learn. You have to separate their position that they occupy and their person. And it takes a while for you to get used to that. Um, you also have to find a way to tuck your own personal views uh, somewhere in the back of your head, just so that you can move on and get your work done. Because for me, the, the, the Senate really is a, it's a collegial body where you need to really find a way. You cannot operate there alone. If you're too much of a maverick, uh, you won't get anything done. So there, there has to be a, a balance that you strike. And I'm looking forward to that challenge if ever I do get elected. Speaking of parang senators who don't get anything done, um, what I f- feel like has been lacking um, with, like with the past um, senators is... Uh, well, from what I've learned, you you guys have the power to like suspend and expel senators who uh, 
they always absent, not doing their job. And lately, walang gumagawa nun sa Senate. Walang nagka-call out sa mga taong hindi nagtatrabaho. Would you be, uh, ano, if you do win uh, in 2020, would you be the kind of ano, senator who would call out other senators who are not doing their job, get them penalized, put them in their place? Or would you be more focused on gagawa ng batas? Well, let's just say that there are many ways to put um, centers like that in their place. And it would um, have to depend on the situation on what options would be available. Kaya makikita na lang natin yan uh, kung sakaling maupo ako. But uh, I have always been someone who has um, stood by his principles and I don't think I will hesitate to call out others who aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And sir, speaking of Anana, hypothetically, you go, uh, you win a senatorial seat. One of our I know most common questions on social media right now is what would be your first bill or what would be your I know what would be the bill you'd be heavily involved with uh, among your first few months of sitting as a senator my my first priority really is to make sure we're managing the pandemic properly and that has several aspects one of course is the economy my gosh we we have to find a way to help our MSMEs because they employ more than half of our workforce. 64% ng workers natin are employed by small businesses. So we have to find a way to help them and to help the workers. We have to also make sure that our children get back to school as quickly as possible, but in a safe manner, which means that we have to up our vaccination rate. Kailangan umabot ng 60-70% yan. Then I'd like to revisit the way the IATF and how it manages the um, pandemic. Because I do believe that we should have private sector representatives in any body that will manage a pandemic. And I also believe that we it should be science-based. We have some of the best scientists in, in the world and we're not tapping them. Other countries have even managed to produce their own vaccines. Uh, we, we have such good IT experts. How come we don't have a centralized database for contact tracing up to now. How come yung ating testing and equipment is not up to par? I mean, we only have one genome center in the whole country when with the Delta variant and all of that, we need more of these types of things. So that's what I want to address first, because I think that's really where um, people really will, are feeling it in terms of how um, COVID-19 has affected them. As a... As a, as a... I want to do, pero... As a person in academe, no, let's kind of take that and, and grade what do you think our response has been uh, to the pandemic, uh, Chell. In a, in a school-like grading system, what score would you give our uh, response and the way we've handled uh, COVID-19 in general, like in its entirety? You know, as a teacher, I, I try to make all my students pass if I can. So my, my philosophy <laughs> Hold on, I'm signing There are some students that I have no choice. And I think that's the situation when it comes to the management <laughs> of the pandemic. <laughs> you know, um, it's the other aspect of how the pandemic has been run is it's been treated as a um, violators have been treated as criminals. Do you know that our own PNP chief said in a press con last year that more than half a million Filipinos were jailed for simple quarantine violations. Mm-hmm. Right. There was one case we monitored where this guy, he left his house at night because his children were hungry. 
Gusto lang niyang bumili ng pagkain. Hindi niya namalayan, curfew na pala. He was arrested, fine. But because he had no money, he had no access to a lawyer, his family didn't know where he was, he spent 37 days oh, in jail. Wow. Jesus. 37 days in jail. Incredible. What happened to his family? So it's definitely not pro-poor. It's definitely not pro-people. And I, 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 I've been pushing this for some time. I said, why not just require them to do community service? They violate curfew. They violate whatever it is the regulations are. Don't treat them as part of the criminal justice system. Not even bail. You know, just make sure they 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 pay by doing community service. You know, naman ang So even that, I think they have not been up to par in, in terms of managing the pandemic. Honestly, we have we have first-hand experience with that, Chell. One of our co-hosts here, <laughs> here right now, him and his pregnant wife were jailed for a few nights um, because he was trying to get food as well for her. And um, yeah, and you know, she was pregnant. She was kind of they were there uh, detained for a couple of days. His name rhymes with Casey Montero, uh, by the way. <laughs> who's not here today with us, unfortunately. But no, he's definitely he definitely knows what you're talking about. Um, just sticking with the theme of grading before I throw some of these questions over to, to uh, Stin and uh, Dora here. Sorry to eat it all up, but um, where would you grade our president? Like we've had 16, right? Is, is it 16? How many, how many presidents? 16. No, he's the 16th. Where would you put him rank wise? One to 16. Ooh. Oh, you're, you're getting tougher in your question. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that was <laughs> where, would you, where would you put uh, Digong uh, in the top 16? Well, first, uh, a disclaimer. I have to say that I'm kind of biased because he has uh, hurled personal instance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me and that's my teeth. Uh, uh, wait, wait, wait. Chow. You just said five, ten minutes ago to remove your personal feelings. <laughs> Senators who were criminals. Blah, blah, blah. I'm going to take you on that, Chell. Okay, okay. Moving that part, the trained lawyer in you, where do you rank him, top 16? Oh, I, I would have to rank him there at the bottom together with Ferdinand Marcos. So who's got who's got 16? Because I'm really like, this is a award. Is it, is it, is it FM or is it going? Is it the dictator of the past or the dictator of the president? Who's, 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 got, who's got number 16, Chell? I think they would probably be at the same rank. Um, of course, I, I see this from a perspective of a human rights lawyer. And for me, life dignity is so important. And that's really what, what gets me is the fact that the very concept of, of human rights has been attacked by, by the president and by people under him. Um, Yeah, no, we've, we've fought for that ever since. We've been fighting for our dignity from the time of the Spanish colonial forces yeah, until yeah, today. Yeah. There's an unbroken line of Filipinas who've been doing that. And we revere them. We honor them as heroes. And yet um, here comes someone who just throws that out the window and says no, and that those things don't matter. To me, they really matter the most. And it's who has really been pushing for for our, our dignity and freedom. This it's been the youth of our country ever since, yeah. ever yeah. since the time of Rizal. You know, so, masakit sa akin yon. More than yung insult sa ngipin ko. Yeah, but sometimes it, it is right. I, like when you 
the verbal, the stuff that comes out of his mouth is so, um, it's just so grotesque. Vile. It's just really vile. It's just disgusting. But, but I mean, when you can even trump that with action, it's just really, really sad. So I, 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 guess I see why he's on the bottom of, of the list. But wh- why do you think Filipinos though? Like why, why, yeah, why, why is he, he still there? Approval, really? well, no, he's there because he's there, right? I mean, he's fine, he's, he's gonna serve his term and he's gonna be out. And god damn it, I mean, he might even be the vice president, right? But why do you think so many Filipinos either love him or have forgotten about the past that resembles what we see in him now? Like, what's what, what, what is it about our behavior that we like that behavior? In your opinion, of course. I think a part of it is the fact that many of us really have given up on the justice system. So that when he started campaigning and and then pushing the war on drugs as president, uh, people I would meet, you know, people I know would say, oh, mabuti pa nga yung ganyan kasi kung idadaan mo sa court yan, makakalusot lang yan. So part of it is, is just sheer disgust. And they want a solution. They thought that he could deliver that solution. Uh, what's very sad is that it cannot work. You, you, no matter how many thousands of people you kill in the war on drugs, the only lasting solution to solving criminal syndicates like that is to fix the justice system, identify these people, get evidence, and put them in jail forever. That's, to me, what we have to do. It's the certainty of punishment that, that stops crime. It's, it's not the severity whether you talk about the death penalty or extrajudicial killings. It's making sure that they get arrested. Why is it in other countries the crime rates are so low? Because criminals there know if I operate here, I will get identified and arrested and imprisoned. It's the opposite in our country. We have such a low conviction rate that... Um, Parang come here, we you can enjoy here because uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, that's why to me, if we're really serious about these issues, especially criminal syndicate organized activity, we have to strengthen the justice system. There's no other choice. If we're really serious about corruption, who will punish the corrupt? It's going to be the justice system too. The police, the prosecutors, the judges. That's there, the core of. of of accountability in our country. And what saddens me is that hindi, walang nangyayari, nobody's even talking about it among those in power. What's the last crime you committed, Joe? <laughs> 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 no U-turn in a, did you make a U-turn in a no Jay, jaywalking? <laughs> you, you seem so perfect. You know how like, you know how we all don't like liars, but we were going to tell a white lie at like at least two, two dozen times per day. What's, do you even really remember the last crime you committed? <laughs> the last time, the only time I was ever charged was uh, a couple of years ago under this administration for inside right. sedition. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm oh. just proud to say that um, it was together with Vice President Lenny Robredo, right. <laughs> opposition <laughs> candidates. And I'm also happy to say that in our history, many of our heroes were actually charged with that offense. Right. You know, right. From Aurelio Tolentino, yung, one that we honor in the cultural center of the Philippines, he was actually charged both by the Spanish and the American uh, colonial forces and convicted by the United States for inciting to sedition. Yeah, medyo proud yun. 
Speaking of Lenny, speaking of Lenny, we have not gotten confirmation yet. Yeah. Right? He's going to be running for president. I um, do you have any inside information you can share with us? We'd like to kind of break news here on the show. Do you, any any, uh, any thoughts? Any inside info on whether she's going to finally kind of announce this? No, I wish I could, but I really don't have any inside information. Mm. So, 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 that she will announce. Yeah. yeah. So, 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 with with I know with the I know selections now, if you mga confirm for president for the presidency. Yeah. Well, I see. I know. But we always talk about the show. Bakit hindi naman sila iba bata? Why? Ano yung malay? So, Adrian, I want to ask you, like humorous and ano this ano. Why should we vote for the president? Let's find reasons kung bakit. So let's let's start with the no. Let's start with Pacquiao. What are your what would probably be a good reason to vote for Pacquiao this 2022? Uh, you know, well, <laughs> that's high. That was a normal human reaction. You just gave a shot. You went. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do I really have to answer this? Hold on, let me try to. Um, I I fully support Isang Bayan. And that's the initiative to come up with some kind of unity slate mm-hmm. that uh, will ensure that, that this administration will not continue to remain in power. And the, the, I have said this many times, I will abide and respect their process. That's why it's very hard for me to make comments on individual candidates who are not identified directly with the administration. Mm-hmm. See, I, I don't want to stop sabotage that, that process. Uh, full disclosure, I'm also mm-hmm. being considered as a one of those who might be part of the unity slate for the Senate. Mm-hmm. And so I'd rather, I know, I'm told they will come out with an announcement very soon. Yeah, I'd rather not... Um, address those questions mm-hmm. <laughs> do, you like our, do you like our system though wherein uh the the president and the vice president run independently or would you rather it's a kind of a very american style where they're yeah. a team and then do, i mean obviously we've seen just kind of the poor treatment that the administration has given the vice president like do you ever go you know maybe we should kind of just have them run as a ticket mm-hmm no, I think it's good that we have uh, that the people can choose separately the president and the vice president. Because imagine if if VP Lenny were not VP during the pandemic, and she has really been quietly helping so many people, and not just people but frontliners, people who really need the, the support that they weren't getting from the government. So I, I think it's a good thing that yeah. we we elect them separately. Imagine if it were Cayetano, we'd have more calderos <laughs> floating around. <laughs> Rachel, what do you think of the, you know how, since ka hindi pa nag-a-announce si, si VP Lenny, yung mga tao ngayon, and myself included, actually, ang iniisip na lang namin is, okay, kung ito na lang ang mga tatakbo, lesser evil na lang yung pipiliin ko. Yeah. Because parang wala na talagang... Ibang choice. Yeah. Is that the best way to go about it, really? To just vote for the lesser evil? Well, it's sad that uh, we've kind of gone uh, to this situation. But um, perhaps, and a lot of people probably think this, their, their bottom line is that um, anyone except those who may continue the kind of policies and management that is happening today would be better. 
and in, it it makes some sense, you know, to uh, assuming that uh, the vice president will not run. Uh, what I what I have been saying, uh, Chelligan's personal opinion, right? I'm at a point where I would just vote for those who don't kill people. Like that that's mm. kind of where I'm at. I mean, I don't know if that person is educated. I don't know if that person knows how to read. I don't know if that person has great policies, great vision or anything. I just don't want murder. Like that, that's where I'm at. Right. And I've said this on the show countless times. Like like for example, I I'm not a I have no faith in say Pacquiao to as as a good leader, but I also think you know, maybe he's not killing anybody though. Because all those other ones, I bet you they're they've killed somebody. Like that's where I'm at. And it's a sad place to be. It's a sad kind of day when you're pushing for somebody not because of any other reason outside of they don't kill your own people. Like, I have a really big problem with that. And I mean, just to try to jump off what, what Tim is saying here, the lesser of the evil, it's, I, I don't, I don't frame it in my mind as lesser of the evil. I just, just who doesn't kill their own people. And you got that you're I'm, I'm with you. I don't even know anything about you. If, if that were the case, just don't kill your own. Um, is where we're at and it's a very sad kind of yeah. place because instead of getting excited about a person's right again instead of getting excited about a person's platform or their ideas or their philosophy or whatever you're just at okay are you killer okay no fine i'll, I'll take you you know and then it's kind of a unfortunate place to be mentally at least for me um that's so true and and i i i i have a let's step up and let's start getting involved and running for office because we really need new blood I, the time of political dynasties it should be over already we should be looking for young people who have a vision of what will happen in our country and it's happening in other countries so why can't we do it here but what about those people who say but but you know Chell, your your father was a senator right he's a very popular senator very famous senator um would you then just kind of be running with name recognition of your own? Or do you feel it's not categorically or maybe definition wise a dynasty because there's not a long extended history of politicians that carry the joke no name. There's been a couple. So like, how would you address if somebody said, Oh, wait a minute, you know, you don't want dynasties, but you come from a somewhat of a political family. Well, you make a distinction between a political family and a political dynasty. Yung dynasty kasi pinagpapasahan nila yung pwesto eh. Yeah. Okay. And my term, I give it to my wife, my son, yeah. daughter. The last time Adiokno held a national position was 40, 50 years ago. Right. right. So that's almost half a century. And this, it's not a dynasty at all, I think, by any definition. If ever, it's a continuity of principle, but that's sure. a different, very different thing from power. And I, I think that should be clear for people who might, because uh-huh. that's the one, that's another criticism of you that I have gotten, say, on social media. It's like, for someone who doesn't like political dynasties, it's a very, I've heard that name before, right? They'll say that. And if you can know, I guess, the distinction between that, it's not this, yes, uh, c- continuity of power from from spouse to child, to, which is what we see definitely right now, obviously, with, with our administration currently, right? Um, anyway, sorry, uh, uh, then I think I was going to cut you off when you were going to ask another question. No, 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 go ahead. Okay. Uh, Dora. Listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, with like, with the Senate, um, I've seen this argument a lot So why do you think a lot of people who are running for the legislature are not really lawmakers? And do you think, well, I know it's not equal access, but do you think there should be a law na 
um, dapat at least marunong gumawa ng batas, dapat at least may ganitong educational background, dapat at least um, may nagawa na before before entering the Senate or variety yeah. must be good though too, right? Yeah. I mean, right? Would, I don't know. Well, well, the question is for Chell, but yeah, go ahead, Chell. You know, I get that question a lot. <clears throat> there are some people who really want to add qualifications, but uh, I, my, I, my problem with that is this. <clears throat> If you add, for example, and require that they have a college degree or even a master's degree, you know, I know a lot of people who have those educational degrees, but I wouldn't vote for them because they have integrity questions. Mm -hmm. Um, On the other hand, I know a lot of people who don't have those degrees, but I would vote for them because I know that their heart is in the right place and they have the capability to, to help the people. It's to me the solution really is has got to be in terms of how we vote and voter education. That's where the we have to put our attention and energy to. The it's also un, kind of undemocratic to say when the concept yeah. of democracy is if you can vote then you can be voted for you know and um, that's why anyone can run in democracy whether you have those additional requirements or not. So yeah, I thought of it that way, no. you want like a, a, a representation of the people, regardless of kind of educational attainment, right? You want yeah. a little bit of variety, so there's different ideas. Like if everybody were lawyers, I don't know what the lawyer mindset is because I'm not one, but maybe there's a common denominator there, and you want a little bit of uh, diversity in, in in kind of lawmaking, I guess. Um, Chell, let's let's take a break because it's eight forty six, and we've kind of been talking here for forty five minutes straight. <laughs> when we come back, we'll just kind of keep it short, and then we'll send you on your way, sir. Um, because I know you're probably swamped with stuff, but I, I can <laughs> and I'm happy to to also announce that you know you're going to be on uh, my podcast on Friday. Then I think you might be scheduling Chell as well in the near future. So um, we're nice. definitely going to see each other uh, soon again. But we'll take a break when we come back. We'll kind of have a short short conversation just to wrap things up. You're listening to Good Times here on Magic Eighty Nine don't go away back after this back on the show here we got nine minutes to go before nine o'clock so i guess we're gonna wrap it up uh quickly here with uh child child i've got a question real quick before we go yeah i mean i see i see vice vice ganda a lot on uh, <laughs> supporting you very openly and very influential of course uh and i think when we see people with that kind of influence so openly pushing for you, like what's your relationship with with Vice, with other celebrities? Is it something that you're cultivating knowing that they're, you know, this is a good way to to get as much of your name out there? No, you know, I've never met uh, Vice Ganda. And oh. I've never had the face-to-face meet with her and- it, it surprised me even in 2019 when shortly before the elections she she supported me and and, yeah. and again I was surprised um, last month when when she mentioned my name. Um, it's it's purely spontaneous on on their part and it's nothing I cultivate. I'm happy. And, and, happens, yeah, yeah. Right, and and you must. It, th- that's kind of the same thing with us. Like, chill. I've, I've never met you, and yet I remember uh, some years back when you were running. It was I. I just kind of blatantly put it out there this is the guy that i'm voting for and i think that's what's kind of great is sometimes you don't have to at least in your case for winnability sake right 
there's something about you that you don't have to kind of go out there and beg. And yeah, and hard sell. At least a hard sell, yeah. Not to the hard sell, right? You don't have to do all of these other things that kind of turn us off from traditional politicians. You just sit there, you talk about what you believe in, you know, you, you, you got a good smile. <laughs> very <on> charmed. <laughs> yeah, very charming, very good kind of modulated voice. And I think you win the people over pretty <laughs> pretty well there. Um is is the battle sorry is the battle plan changing dramatically from when you ran last time to this time i know the parameter like so the, the the way the country has changed since then but is the battle plan to get elected different the basic strategies are the same but yeah. you have to adjust them a lot because of the pandemic uh, so much of what we do now is online you know we go to school online we shop online we socialize yeah. online so the, the, that battleground is, is going to be very crucial in, in 2022. But uh, going on the ground and, and okay. reaching people who don't have access to, to the internet, that has to be done. And I think for candidates like myself, that will be the biggest challenge. What's the target number that you're hoping to get in votes? Um, I know, I think you did 6 million last time. Um, is there a number that you're looking for? Well, the analysts say that uh, if you want to be sure, you'll probably need around 16 million. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's, that's quite a bit, huh? I mean, uh, are you are you happy with the way uh, the country has handled voter registration, uh, considering what's been going on, or are we kind of lacking there as well? Well. I hope that they already announced that it will extend. I, I was I saw on the news that they were about to I think today officially announce it. Um because we don't want anyone to get disenfranchised, especially first time voters. And it seems that there are a lot of people both here and, and Filipinos abroad as well who want to vote but are really having a hard time mm-hmm. registering. I've heard horror stories of people lining up as early as three, four o'clock in the morning and Finally, not when they reach the counter and being told that they can't register that day. So, uh, Sana, you know, because of all the lockdowns, um, so many people who wanted to register months ago really couldn't. Uh, there should be something government should do to make sure that they all get the vote in 2022. Okay. Any last questions for Chell before we head out? We yeah. Uh, so, Chell, it's been three years. Uh, what do you think has, have you, I uh, know, what changed with you? What are you, uh, what are you better with now? Have you improved in some certain way? for this coming elections? I think I'm, I'm much more adjusted and I think relaxed in, in the situation of a campaign. Now, 2019, I really was out of my comfort zone when I ran in 2019. I, if I had any political ambitions, I probably would have run years ago, decades ago. And it was a big, big, huge adjustment um, to appear before a crowd. I'm used to speaking to a crowd, but usually it's a crowd of lawyers or law students. And reaching out to to Filipinos from all walks of life has, has been a great experience, but also a great challenge. The language, the the way you 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 speak, and and how you connect with them, is uh, very different from connecting with lawyers and law students. And that that's one. And the other thing I I think is that I understand the political landscape a lot better than I used to in 2019, and how things operate, and what you need to do to to win a campaign. Got it. Tin, anything? Any last 
question for uh, Chell here? I'm okay. I'll see you okay. again, hopefully, Sir Chell, sure. <laughs> in my podcast. <laughs> Fixing it with Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so on a positive note, I asked you where I asked you where Digong uh, is on your uh, top sixteen, right? Uh, who's your favorite president, Philippine president of all time? Mm. Oh, as a man of uh, history, uh, the, the historian that you are, who's your favorite? Hmm. That's a very very interesting question that I've never been asked before. Mm. Actually, I, I, my favorite period in our history is the time of. Um, Rizal and Mabini and, and uh, all of the Filipinos who really started or gave birth to our country. And the one guy that I think is so underrated, but um, would really have been someone who could have done so much for our country, was Apolinario Mabini. He yeah. was the supposed to be the first chief justice of our country. I think he could have been president as well. Um, but, um, you know, because of what happened and when Spain ceded the country to the United States, all of these things were were aborted. And it, it really, when I go back to our history and, and look at that part, Aram, I, I really feel sad. Can you imagine how we would have been if we had won our independence from Spain and went on to build our own government without yeah. any interference from the United States or any other country? I think by now we would have probably been one of the the, the best, you know, the, the mo- most vibrant countries um, in our region. And that's why for me, I, I feel it's something we should all be aware of in our history and, and what the, people, the others who came before us sacrificed for us. Speaking of president, there were rumors that you were uh, possibly also going to run for president, which I think got people excited. <laughs> was, there, was there any real legs to that, or was that just all that was all fluff hearsay? Or was there a you know, was a little spidey senses tingling uh, where you're like, you know what, maybe maybe president? I, I mean, we well, who never knows what the future lies, you know. But just recently, there was Chell president uh, rumors. Any any real any real legs to that rumor? No, you know, never ko naman pangarap yan na maging pangulo. If, if ever, and only if, you know, I've always said this, uh, my my press, my choice for presidents really be Pileni. And if ever, no, I would be most willing to run as her vice president. That's, that's how that came out. But yeah. people thought that uh, I was gunning for the presidency. Actually, you know, the real battleground for 2022 and the years to come is really going to be the Senate and the lower house because administrations come and go, but when the law is passed, it's going to remain there for as long as until we repeal it or amend it. And there are several laws I think we have to revisit from this administration as well as laws that this administration has not passed. For example, like the Soggy Bill. And there are. That's why, for me, the the real arena has got to be the Senate. You're sixty years old, Chelms. All right, sixty. Yes, yes, I am. Can I ask you a question? And it might be too dreary of a question, but do you think in your lifetime we would get we get out of this situation uh, being as poor as we are, as 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 difficult as it is in the daily life of so many millions and millions of Filipinos? Do you think you'd be able in your lifetime? To kind of see it, yes, that improved dramatically. Yes, especially our justice system. You know, I, I, I think we could improve our justice system so much, even in the next five or six years, provided we get the right people into power. 
It's, yeah. it, the, the problems are easily solved as long as there's a political will and real determination to solve them, which is what has been lacking for the last how many decades when it comes to the justice system. Yes, I can, uh, that challenge is, is um, doable in, Noble, in, yeah. in half a decade. Nice. Charlie, I got to uh, thank you for being here. Man. It's nine o'clock now uh, on the dot. So it, it's gone by so fast. Like some of these hours, you know, sometimes they go quickly when you talk to someone as, as impressive and as compelling as you are. So thank you for, for being you. Thank you for having the aspirations to, to do better for this country. And I hope, really do wish that you are able to achieve what you're trying to pull off here uh, next year. Yeah. Without having, you know, without saying that we, you know, we can't really squat and tell people to, to, to do it, but I think we've proven <laughs> enough. I think we've proven enough here uh, today, sir, that you're well worth uh, a shot. So thanks. Thanks. Again. Thank you. Thank you. you do, thanks show. for being here. Uh, you're an incredible person and I'm glad to have met you today. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Dora. And I hope I see you again soon. Again. All right. We'll see you guys. Um, we'll see you all also tomorrow uh, for more of the show. So thanks for hanging out with us, whether you're on Facebook or listening to us live, of course, on Magic 89.9, wherever you are uh, absorbing this show. Uh, thanks for the interaction and the listenership. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Have a good day. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Peace.